And we're live. Uh, welcome to another episode of Gobsmack. We're finally back behind the mic. Patrick, how are you doing, man? Mate, I'm vertical. I'm breathing. And and uh, I'm feeling good. That's always I've got a lot a of few, few things on the go. Yeah. Yep. What about you? What's happening? Mate, um, just got off the back of a summit, which was awesome. But um, yeah. that, that was... Uh, yeah. and, and you know what? <laughs> what was really interesting about that, right... Um, is and it's good for today's topic. Nice little segue there. Um, the majority of people who were presenting there were, you know, certainly in their more advanced years. There are a couple of younger ones, but you know, um, the, the greater majority were certainly over 50 and mm -hmm. 60, and like Brian Trace and the rest of it. So, good, um, good segue, as I said, because uh, we want to talk today about uh, have you been put on the shelf? You know, not just, you know, I guess, of course, during this whole COVID thing, a whole bunch of people might have been put on the shelf, but there's this trend in society, and you know all about this, not because it happened to you necessarily, but because of where your passion lies. Um, a lot of people, 50, 60 plus, not necessarily at retirement age yet, they just become labelled unemployable. Exactly, exactly. And that's what's happened to me, and that's what's, I know that's happened to a lot of people that, they reach a certain age and, and something happens, whether they're, like in my case, the uh, particular role I had uh, finished. And then because, you know, in your 60s, nobody wants to employ you because you're no longer 25 or 30. And despite yep. having experience and wisdom and knowledge and, 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 uh, and capacity and education, you're simply not 25 or 30. So you get put on the shelf and just say, look, go away, be a nice little retiree. Uh, take your pension if you've got one and uh, sit in front of the TV with a few cans of beer or go fishing and just be a good little a good little socialist type of person out there and do nothing and say nothing and think nothing because we've, we've had enough of you. Well, the reality yep. is that's a whole waste of energy and talent and capacity that's just being simply thrown away. And that's that's dangerous for, for a society because... Uh, there's only so much that the younger ones can do, and they can do plenty, don't get me wrong, but there's only so much that they've experienced and they know about. The rest of it, they have to learn. Well, we already have that information. So I decided that I would start a new business, and a simple one, a small one, because I wanted to show that you don't have to start setting up a massive organisation to make an income. You can do it with a small business, and you can start from scratch with no more than and I've set a budget of two thousand dollars. That's bootstrapping. Yeah, that's that's to start the business, and that's to that, that that's to buy the equipment, to set up a website, and to start uh, some minimal marketing. So I'm going to start a vlog. I've just about finished blocking out how the blog will run and and the subjects and in the order that it's going to take. And um, then I'm going to put it up on on YouTube and wherever else somebody might suggest that it's worth, worthwhile putting it on to get the um, the attention it needs. And hopefully with both, not just the successes, everybody talks about, oh, I can show you how to be successful, but I can show you, you know, when things don't work, if there's a failure, well, we can learn from that and someone else can learn from my failures. I remember years ago, somebody saying that everybody has a book in them. Mm. And don't you, and they said, they asked, a rhetorical question don't you think people would pay money to learn from your mistakes so that they don't make the same mistakes and i've always carried that concept with me just looking for an avenue a vehicle that that concept could be used with and i think i found it because there's so many gurus out there talking about success 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 and so everybody goes along with that and they pay good money even sometimes and then when it doesn't work for them right they don't understand why. Well, they don't understand why because the person who's talking success all the time hasn't mentioned the value of failures. And yep. who was it that once said, um, there's a couple of concepts. One is the idea of failing forward. Rather, so uh, when, you, when, you, uh, when you do fail, you go, okay, what went wrong? How do we learn from this? And how do we not repeat it? Um, the other thing is that when people fail, they tend to personalize it. And they go, I'm a failure, instead of saying, well, that concept was a failure. You know, so you're not a failure. The fact that you're giving it a shot means you're a doer, a goer. So 
there's a, there's a whole range of things around failure, which I think has been demonized. And I think that there is a positive that can come from failure. There are lessons. Let's change the word failure to the word lessons. And, and let's and let's be honest, right? The older you older you become, it's a right right. Or um, uh, well, sorry, it's a privilege denied to many getting old. But yeah. um, the, older, you know, the older you get, the more failures you're going to rack up. If you're if you're going out and doing stuff, if you're going out and taking action, you're destined to, you know, have another have another situation where you didn't quite bring it to a fruition fruition like you wanted to. Uh, yeah. And there's a learning experience in there. And the ch biggest challenge I, I find in myself and in a whole bunch of people that I, I meet and talk to is the the more times you – you can go one of two ways. One way is the more times you don't succeed in the way you anticipate in succeeding, it can be – you can bury yourself in – you know, your mindset can bury yourself in that so-called failure. The other way you can go is you can see it for what it is, a learning experience, and you can build on it. The yeah. regrettable situation is the majority of people I meet and myself for a long time, uh, believe it or not, despite being blood type B positive, um, myself for a, long, <laughs> for a long time did this as well, that I would stack all of these things and say, far out. You know, why would I ever, why would anyone listen to my risk? Because I've had all these phases, but really, their learning experiences, as I say to a lot of people these days, um, failure in the entrepreneurial space or in, when, when you're starting, when you're getting into business even, failure is just what we call research and development. Yeah. Um, who was it that once said that, uh, I can't remember, it was in a book I read years ago, but he said that if, you, if you're not failing often, then you're not trying hard enough. Mm, I'd agree with that. the harder that. you try, yeah, the, the more you do, you, there's the more opportunity for failure because you've got more fingers out there in the pie. Um, and, mm. and somebody once said that, you know, for every entrepreneur that has a success, they've got nine failures behind them before the 10th one comes along. So we have to sort of reassess the whole concept of things not working or the, the word failure or if you want to re, re, re change, rephrase that name to, to, to learning experience, whatever you want to use it for or change or use, but we've become, um, we, we personify failure onto ourselves and call ourselves failure. And that's not the reality. The thing is, the thing mm. you tried failed. So, um, and and when you add to that, uh, the, the, the problems of uh, be, being a mature age potential mm. worker and then being rejected time and time and time and time again, then you add the word failure, 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 failure. Is it any wonder that people are suffering depression? Oh, none at all. And, and you know, two two things I want to pick up on what you just said, right? Well, what you've said now before. One is one is um, with regard to uh, uh, track record and experience in terms of the way the stuff I do, but also, and I'll get back to that in a second. But what you were saying about the younger generation, right? Here's the thing, right? In in in, in this physical experience, <coughs> excuse me, in this physical experience called life, there are certain things which uh, become outdated very fast. Technology is one. Right, mm -hmm. phone two to three years maximum these days. Right, um, pushing two really. Computers roughly the same, three years, you know, and then they're getting they're getting really old. Um, on the other hand, wine, good cheese takes a little wine. Wine, cigars, you know, all these pleasurable things in life. Um, beer, not necessarily so much. They they get better with age, and we humans we straddle. That to well, we straddle that more to the other side of. There are certain advantages of being young, and there are certain sure. advantages of being old, and unfortunately, society, at least in the Western society, and by the way, we're not mentioned in China today in any context. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, in, at least in Western society, we have this tendency to, like you said, to disregard and discount the wisdom, the experience, and uh, knowledge that's been built up through that experience of the aged people. And so that brings me to the second point briefly. In what, when I deal with people in terms of their exits, in terms of growing, scaling, expanding their business, one of the things that we look at, when whether it's hiring people or any number of the processes, uh, who's going to put on the team, who's in the advisory board, who's on the board, or whatever, we started, we, we started values, 
And the last thing is skills. Now, in between that, we have track record and we have experience. And, you know, just because someone has quote unquote failed at 30 things, but six, but had a great success at three or four or five, doesn't mean that they'd be discounted quite the, quite the contrary. <clears throat> that would be, that would be a phenomenal track record. Someone's mm. had five great successes and all these learning experience from which you can see through their, through their, 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 their journey that they've learned. That's a phenomenal track record. And why wouldn't you want that in your business? Absolutely. And, and yeah. it's not just the failure, it, not the successes of those six, but it's the other 24 failures that he's learned, he or she has learned from and can bring that, bring that to the table and say, well, listen, hang on, I know what you're talking about, but that didn't work because of these problems. It can work if we adjust this, this and this, because that's what I failed to do. So they bring all this data with them, all this experience. And I'll give you a really good example. And I can't remember his name, but he was the CEO of Coca-Cola. Uh, and he introduced new Coke. Hold that thought. Is there a plane above you? Ah, oh, right. Yeah. I was, worried, I was worried it might be a mic again. Okay, here you go. No, no, no. No, sorry, I've got gas. Um, wow, that's some gas. That's some gas. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll just cut that out. Um, I can't remember his name for, for the love of money, but he was the CEO of Coke and he introduced, remember, New Coke? They brought, mm. they changed the formula, right? And it was a complete and utter disaster. Yeah. Sales went through the floor and he got sacked. He got removed mm. as CEO. And then a few years later, they brought him back. They rehired him, all right? And then he took the company on to great successes. And why was that a success? Because he learnt from that mistake and they recognised that he had the knowledge of where it went wrong and therefore he would he would have a better chance of directing it in the future than anybody else. Mm. Yep. So that, to me, was a sensible and wise move. I'm not saying that Coke is a great product. I'm just talking about that particular incidence. Uh, Lee Iacocca, right, who was involved mm. with the right Mustang, fantastic. Yep. And then when he went to Chrysler, <clears throat> total failure. But he, he learned from that and went on further and become a success again. We have to look at this, these kind of examples and look around us and we go, you know what, there is a complete and utter um, oversupply of wonderful talent and experience out there. We just need to be able to harness it and not through um, the government paying out huge dollars for re-education. Why, why, why place somebody that's already got all this experience in a completely different environment or a completely different industry when they already have this this bank account of ability and experience and talent. So that's what my my vlog is going to be all about. It's going to, so I'm going to start off initially, the first one will be along the lines of the psychology like we've been talking about of failure and, and depression and, and where we're going and being put on the shelf and how we can actually pull ourselves out of the out of that mud. And then the following ones will be um, how to choose a business that suits you. Now for me, for example, and there goes another plane. <laughs> That's only a reason thing, I think. The uh, Yeah, they, they've obviously seen this. They've seen the microphone. They've seen the computer. They've seen the headphones. They go, bugger it. We're going to annoy the crap out of this guy. Yeah. You might get hate mail. I get hate planes. <laughs> as long as I don't drop on you. That's okay. You see, I'm the center of the universe. And so every, yeah. everything that goes wrong is because it's attacking me. <laughs> I, I... I had a girlfriend like that one time. I'm sure she said the same about me, mind you. Oh, well, I can see why. Yes, clearly. I've, I've known you for nearly 20 years, so I can see why she would think that. Anyway, <laughs> where was I going before you uh, distracted so me? Uh, man, oh, yeah. So, and then the... Yeah, you're blocked. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, it's like, for me, um, being a, a petrol head, I mean, I use petrol as an aftershave. Mm -hmm. I used to use... Uh, wheel bearing grease as hair gel and i use uh, diff oil as a moisturizer that's how mm. much of a petrol head i am right so i thought i'll, I'll take on car detailing right because i just happen to love working around and with cars it's not a case of this is going to make me a billion dollars it's a case of i want to be gainfully employed i want to be my own boss i want to have an income so how can i do that with a limited budget 
now it's not so much my limited budget, but people out there will have limited budgets from time, you know, so not everybody has a million dollars sitting there and they're not all self-funded re um, retirees. When I started work, they didn't have superannuation. No. You know? So um, that's where I'm starting from. And the other course, the other thing is this. There's a lot of people in my age who have a lot of talent and ability, but who have never been self-employed. They've always taken, because we were brought up with the concept of you leave school and you go to work for somebody. Today, that's a whole different concept. Everybody's telling you how to be your own boss. Hmm. And every so, day, well, let's be honest, it's the gig economy right now. And it's not a trend, not just a trend, even in big businesses like Amazon, right? Hmm. Learned this from around the other day. In Amazon, you um, they have an app and the shift gets put on the app. Even though you're a full time employee, you're going to go and go, go, you go and claim the shift. So even Amazon. Claim the shift. Sorry? you got to claim the shift. Yeah, you got to grab the shift. So the shifts go up and you go and grab those shifts, right? It's sort of like gig economy within the big, within this huge multinational business. I'm like, what the? F but that's apparently what's happening there. I don't understand. Yeah. See, that's a completely different mindset to the way I was brought up. You're a bit younger than myself. Um, Slightly. But you, but you know what I'm Yeah, by about yeah. 20 years, I would think, or 15 years younger. Oh, shit, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> But um, um, uh, we, I was, you know, with in my experience, you, know, you, you went to school, you left school and you went to a job and you worked for other people. It, it was only the tradespeople who really, or those who wanted to have a shop, who hmm. we became what they call self-employed. Yeah, all, all lawyers days, and other sex workers, yeah. Yeah, so, and in, in, in the automotive game that I worked in, unlike government, I mean, we didn't have superannuation, it didn't exist. So people today, hmm. for example... They may have some money behind it, but they don't have a lot. So what can we do? So I've discovered that I found that this is what I'll do. I will do a, 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 uh, a car detailing business and I'm going to document the way through. And as things succeed and as they fail, I'll be putting it up on the vlog because I want people to realize, particularly people in my age, um, that there is opportunities out there, that there is a future rather than just sitting in front of the damn TV or going for a walk on the beach. You know, there is opportunities to to stimulate you, to give you satisfaction, uh, to do what you want, to do what you enjoy, and to uh, to, to grow, con to continue to grow. That's the important thing, to continue to grow as a person, not just be thrown on the heap and say, okay, that's it, you can now stagnate and, and be a comp part of the compost. Yeah, uh, listen, so I agree. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. I remember my... Um... My grandmother, she worked way past retirement age and she was always a uh, paternal grandmother um, mm -hmm. and she was always this vibrant, lively person when she was working, right? Mm -hmm. And the minute she, or the, you know, not the minute or the day she retired, it took about three weeks after she retired. I think she retired. It was about the age of 75 she retired, right? Not because they had to. They were upper middle class. They had money. They owned their own house. My grandfather had been retired for many years as a senior cop in the Queensland Police Force. Uh, it's just she loved what she did. She built this law firm. Well, she you know she was the manager of uh, office manager of this law firm. She built the thing from the original partners, and now was basically dealing with the grandchildren. All right, and um, she loved it. But the three weeks after she retired, she became a very old lady. Mm. And there's a good message in that for anyone. You know, even my age, 53 and above, the minute you stop, the minute you stop doing stuff which stimulates you intellectually, mentally, whatever, you become old. You know? Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go and get work. It doesn't mean you have to go and start this, but not but. You just need to stay mentally active if you want to stay youngish or younger in of, of, of mine. And then, I love, I love that you're going to be stimulating people to, you know, to how they can, with, with very little resources, how they can go out and they can take something that they love and turn it into a form of income. What I'd also like to do is I'd like to encourage employers to realise that older people have this massive resource of knowledge. They're not going to run away and get pregnant. They're not going to run away and go get pissed in the pub and, and not turn up to work, Yeah. Uh, and even if they do get pissed in the pub, they'll turn up to work because that's the mentality, right? Yeah. And, um, they're not going to be doing stupid things. They have 
quite often better morals than most of the younger people, not the, oh. not the dumb young people. Yeah, then again. <laughs> Maybe not not me, yeah, yeah, true. Let's rewind, cut that one. <laughs> but, you know, there's um when, one of the things we talk about when we go when I work with premium clients, right? Um, talk quite a lot about uh, automation, technology, and using that to improve systems and uh, and improve ultimately the improve the outcome and experience for the clients and for the staff. And yep. the immediate thought still seems to be, you know, the default thought still seems to be around that point that oh, okay, so we we use systems to automate something so that we have these resources we don't need anymore. I'm like, yeah. You don't need them anymore doing what they're doing. but And now you've freed them up to do something they love doing yep. in the context of your business. And so take anyone who is of, of, of any senior age, and I'll, I'll throw myself in there as well, 53 and up, who has a massive amount of, of knowledge based on experience. Right? Mm -hmm. For me, that's the only type of real knowledge anyway. Take information, action it, create an experience and gain knowledge. So they have a lot of experience, all this experiential knowledge, which can be applied in any number of ways. And I don't care when their, their experience was in hospitality, in the car industry, in early day tech, finance, health, whatever. There are a multitude of processes across every business. The majority of processes across every business are identical. It's a small yep. percentage of what you do that are your secret 11 herbs and spices that make you, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, this is not a paid, <laughs> a paid thing, but make you that KFC versus, you know, yep. Joe's Chicken Place down the road. Yeah. Um, it, the, the, the other thing is, too, that um, we because we have this, this huge uh, pool of people that have just been put aside, um, when you're starting a business, you really don't have to juggle all the balls yourself. You can outsource, okay? So mm -hmm. if, if all of these mature people are out there, so there might be somebody who used to be a bookkeeper or an accountant says, you know what, I want to put, put my hand back up and I'm going to go do it again. So I can outsource to that. I can outsource to someone like yourself who's into marketing and funnels and say, so, okay, look, Paul, Please this don't. is what I want, to, I want to achieve, right? Yep. What is it going to cost me to achieve that? Because... I might have to pay you three or four hundred dollars down the track once I've got some income coming, but whilst I'm paying you three or four hundred, I'm out there earning four, five, six thousand doing the job while you do the thing that I've uh, engaged you for. So mm. I want to talk about uh, outsourcing. Uh, I want to talk about how to because um, one outsourcing of the things onshore though, yeah. Sorry, onshore, yeah, not yeah. offshore. No, 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 mm. no. That ain't happening, sunshine. You know, I'm going to employ. I want to work with people here. Um, um, so we, 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 there'd be a whole range of things. I mean, I remember reading in that, it's a fairly, it's a very good book called The E-Myth. You would have read that at some point, I would think. Yeah, I was just on stage with Michael Gerber. Oh, right. That's right. You were too. I, it's an excellent mm. book. And I encourage everyone who sees this video, all six people, to. Don't worry, to, Michael. Probably, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, Michael probably won't be one of them. <laughs> um, you should you should send him a message saying we've just we've just mentioned him and promoted him. Yeah, he, he really needs that. <laughs> he mentions in that book that you know a person who's employed as an employee, as say he uses the example of a television technician, right? He says, yeah. you know, I could earn all the money that the boss is earning, so I'm going to go out and do it myself. So you suddenly you stop working eight hours a day and you move out and you start working for yourself, and now you're doing sixteen hours a day. And instead of just doing your um, your television technician work, now you're doing the bookkeeping, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the sales, you're doing the stock control, you're juggling all these balls. And, of course, at some point you're going to start dropping balls because you're not that good a juggler because you don't mm. know all these other roles. So this is why I'm talking about finding other people to, to outsource to um, so that you can do what it is that earns income, not and, or you can work on the business, not in the business, as that old phrase goes. And it's a very true phrase. So there's all these aspects and subjects will be part of the vlog once I get it up and running, you know, down yeah. the track. Brilliant. And you know what? You're, um, again, two things. Every time we got, I got two things. Um, the first one is so outsourcing, outsourcing. Oh, yeah. The, so 
you're talking about the tech, you know, the, the, electric, the electrician or technician, right? Yeah. There's that story about the plumber. Um, it's not from Emeth, but I can't remember who told it to me. It was a phenomenal story, true story. I can't remember the guy's name either. So just because I can't remember the the facts of the story doesn't make it a, a, a story which isn't factual. There's this stop plumber. The drugs, mate. Sorry? Stop taking your drugs. I tell you, oh, maybe I should start taking more. But um, <laughs> so, you know, let's say you start a business in where it is, electrical or plumbing or whatever it is, but there was this plumber who did that and he got jack tired of running this business and, you know, whatever. And he, but he grew, he grew this business really, really big, but he didn't grow it by being the manager or being the guy in charge. He grew it by being the plumber on the tools in the houses of the clients. And one day, you know, he got talking to one of the, one of the clients and they said, well, you know, and they, they exchanged names and like, oh, that's the same name as um, the company. Are you, are you brothers or something? He says, no, I own the company. They're like, well, you own the company. How come you're here on the tools doing my plumbing? He says, because I don't, I, don't, I don't do managing business really well. So I employ someone to manage the business for me. Mm-hmm. And I have people doing the sales and I have an accountant. I love being on the tools. It doesn't stop me growing this huge business though. So there's a exactly. message in that as well. Just because you're, you know, if you're good at something, doesn't mean you have to be, like you already said, you don't have to be good at everything. And one of the things you don't have to be good at is necessarily running a big growth-oriented, scalable business. If that's what you want to do, you can employ people <coughs> for you. Right? Absolutely. And the other the other thing I thought about with regard to outsourcing, here's, here's an idea. and just It literally just occurred to me as you're saying it, right? What if, what if, you know, is anyone watching this, please comment or message Patrick or me or whatever. But what if, we could create a pool of people who are currently seniors, unemployed, and specific with specific skill sets that they love doing. So there may be former accountants. I mean, you can go to any accountant you like, obviously. There may be former accountants or bookkeepers or people who are in IT in somewhere. You know, they can build websites or whatever. Um, uh, process, sales, marketing. Someone who there are a lot of older people who've actually gone and mastered social media, believe it or not. It's just not, not just the younger people who get and understand social media. But what if we were to build a, a pool of resources of older people who've been shelved or who feel shelved, mm-hmm. who just want to start a, 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 a business and could, you know, or want to be able to get some extra income, and mm-hmm. they could be the people that we that that you know help other people to build whatever business they want to do. So if there is someone who wants to go and do something in the automobile industry, something in, you know, lawn mowing, whatever it is they want to do, they're going to need someone to do their books. They're going to need some sort of marketing. They're going to need some sort of web presence or whatever. Um, Could be VA sort of work. Who knows? Hmm. Um, What if we had a full Yeah. Look, the the concept... In principle, is the same as those that that that, that handle um, finding work for those with disabilities, for example, or those that find work for those with mental um, capacity problems. You know, so mm-hmm. the principle of, of focusing on a specific target like this, this particular demographic, um, already exists in principle. Just nobody's yeah. doing it. Probably call it the you know the grumpy old masters or something you know something. <laughs> That's not a bad one. Yeah, only one requirement: you have to be bald. Yes, and and then we can sell, start selling razors and you know electric razors and wet razors as well as you know part of the the kit that we sell. So and before you can work, can make you buy this. Hey, and the hair we can make rugs out of. At least the first cut. <laughs> that that scratchy, might. Yeah, it might sound a bit too bloody 39 to 45-ish, so maybe we'll leave that one. Yes, but I think the concept is a good one. Mm. And I think uh, we should talk about that offline later on. Yeah, cool. There might be something down the track with that one too. Um, Yeah, so that's where I'm heading. That's what I'm doing. I just want to get people realise that um, if if your only um, crime that you can be accused of is that you were born in 1950s, if that's your crime, 
um, then we can uh, we can get around that because that's all it is. You happen to be born on a certain you know, age is not a, a disease. It's not a crime. It's not a peccadillo. It is not something you've done wrong. It just happens to be the day that you were born. And now it's sometime after that date. That's all it is. It's just mm -hmm. a number. But um, and we have to remember, too, it's our generation or actually my generation, because I'm 12, 15 years older than you, that my generation that that built and started the computer industry. Yep. So to suggest for one second that our generation doesn't are not computer literate is just stupid, or as I like to write, stupid. Um, <laughs> um, it's just it's just uh, it's un it, it's unrealistic to, to to have those kind of thoughts. We we started, uh, and I mean Bill Gates is not exactly twenty two, is he? No. And Steve no. Jobs was not twenty two either. These were mature men and are mature men now, and they're at the, they're the top edge or. He was until he passed away at the top edge, the, you know, the apex of the, the, the IT industry. So to say that's because somebody is and uh, is older means that they're not uh, IT literate is just a stupid concept. Look at the people we've had on those um, those Friday afternoon um, alcohol swilling sessions on Zoom. Mm. You know, some of those guys are in their 60s and they are leaders in their, their field in IT. And uh, so... We need Absolutely. to recognise that it's yeah, yeah. We just can't be using age as an example of incompetence. I'll give, I'll give you another example because you're absolutely right, right? The other example was I was um, when I was consulting to large multinationals, specifically in the financial services and insurance industries in Europe. Okay, okay. Um, and we're talking the largest insurance company in the Netherlands. Um, I was leading a team over there of thirteen people in uh, in one of the IT departments. And, you know, they were known throughout this business of 30,000 people. These 13 people were known to be the superstars. The problem that everybody had with them was that they also knew that they were the superstars, right? And therefore, wow. they, had a, <laughs> they had a certain way about them, right? Um, of course, I at the time was a young Aussie bloke who really didn't give a rat's ass. And, you know, I had as big a whatever it is you want to call it as they did. So it was a really good marriage. But all of these guys, bar none, bar none, at the time, and we're, we're talking uh, 1998, so that's 22 years ago, right? So I was I was 31, yeah? These guys were all 50 plus, all of them. Yep. Some of them 60, yep. okay? And they were at the bleeding edge of IT then, and I know a lot of them who are they're retired, but I know a lot of them are still well advanced in 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 technology these days, right? Mm. Um, and it was interesting that even back then, like they didn't have all these young guns out there doing this this massive. It was not just the largest insurance company in the Netherlands; it was a multinational insurance company. They owned these huge assets everywhere. And by the way, it was the same. It was the same when I was consulting to Euroclear Bank, right, uh, on behalf of Microsoft Financial Services, EMEA. Um, and Euroclear is a, a $540 trillion a year transaction clearinghouse. Now, wow. a great, right? I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a few beers in there, right? Um, you said $540 trillion with a T. Yes, T with, with a T. Wow. That's, 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 the, that's the volume of transactions they clear every year. Jeez. Right? You're a clear bank. Google it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. There's probably more by now, but anyway. But at that time, they, of course, they had younger people working there, but the greater majority of their IT people were all 40, but majority 50 and plus, right? And it's got nothing to do with, oh, it wasn't sexy or whatever. Bullshit. This was, this was 98, right? We'd had OS2 already, you know, IBM. We'd had uh, uh, Windows out forever, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's it's it wasn't exactly an old person's game, IT. Yet in these big organizations, and it's not just a legacy thing, they couldn't get rid of them. It was a question of the knowledge that they had and the experience they had built they, they had with everything. They if something went wrong, they would know how to fix it. Whereas a young person would come in and be like, uh, they'd be floundering a bit. And ultimately, the young people were asking the older people, hey, how do we fix this? Have you seen it? Because they'd seen it before, usually. Yeah. Or they'd seen something similar enough before to be able to diagnose where the problem was. 
And no. look, I'm, I'll give you another example. I mean, and I'm no fan of what he's doing in the world, but uh, I just want to refer to his age and the fact that he's still doing what he loves, and that's Rupert Murdoch, right? Mm. Now, that man's in his 80s, and he's still at the top of his game doing what he does. Now, again, let me stress, I'm no fan of what he stands for. I'm, I'm not a fan of the way he goes about it. All I'm pointing out is that even in his 80s, this man is still a force to be reckoned with. Um, and so why would you want to put someone with that experience? I mean, his isms and his dogmas aside, that kind of experience, why would you throw that away? Because hmm. clearly he knows what he's doing. How he's, the direction he wants to go is another matter, but it just backs up my, my point that age has got nothing to do. It's just a number. It's got nothing to do with your ability to perform a job of work, as they used to say, yeah. uh, or to be innovative even, you know? Mm. Um, and anyone who's saying, oh, it's got to do with the money he's got, it's got nothing to do with the money he's got. No. Look, with these elites, people talk about these elites saying, oh, yeah, they're after money, money, money. No, to them, money is nothing more than points in a game. It's just points yeah. on the board. They already have, even with... A, a, 10% of what they have now, they can live comfortably. More money doesn't mean anything to them as in terms of their lifestyle or any or power. It's about the game. It's about the points on the wall. Yep. And and um, we demonise wealthy people. And, and But really, there's many, many wealthy people who are genuinely beautiful human beings. Just because you've got money does not mean that you're an arsehole. Sorry, you're, a, a <laughs> you're absolutely right. Your, it, it, your analogy of uh, it being points on the board is is very very accurate. While other people are out there playing Candy Crush, these guys are out and girls are out there playing business. Yeah, exactly. That's right. right. It's a game to them, and they enjoy it immensely. And mm. and they're stimulated. It gives them energy. It gives them purpose. It gives them a, a direction. It gives them a path to walk. None of that you get from um, the, the general concept of retirement. That just says sit down and shut up and don't be, don't become a part of the conversation. We want you out of the way. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try and change that and try and bring on a, a whole new um, uh, concept for the uh, mature person. That get out there, be a voice for change. Um, and so long as you can talk through the mask. As we have at the moment, we, must oh, we don't have it yet. We don't have it yet. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, that's my uh, bent at the moment. I mean, and the other thing is that people often think that older people are not innovative, right? And you know of that particular uh, business model that I've been thinking around for the last sort of five, six, seven years on on yep. debt recovery, which is a completely novel idea, because I just looked at it and thought, what what are the problems with um, uh, factoring and invoice discounting and, and the debt industry in general. Where are the problems and how do you alter that? And the same thing, yep. I have a new concept for a drone and I just asked myself, where are the problems with drones? And, and I can, they're weak, they're fragile, limited lift capacity and limited flight times. How do we address that? And I've come up with a new model for that. My point being that just because you were born at a particular point in history doesn't mean you're not still innovative and thinking and of, of change and, and direction. So hopefully this blog will inspire some people once I start doing it. In the next couple of weeks, I'll put the first one up. But I've got to find myself a decent camera. So if you can advise, someone can advise me on a, a camera that's not expensive because I've got to keep within this $2,000 budget because um, the vlog um, is part of the business. Didn't you have a Logitech something or other, one of those HDs? Or? That's on this on the laptop. This is the Logitech camera system within the within the laptop. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, they, they, there's there's a, there's a, there's one that you can hang over the front front of it. You know, don't want again. Not a paid advertisement for Logitech. Oh, there's uh, the one that like, I got from. There's the one that I got from that um, um, uh, uh, electronic store. Which remember I said I had a problem with it, and they just said, "Oh no, it's you, it's you, it's you. It's not the you know." Of course, I've yes. Still got it there, brand new. I'm going to try it on, on try a different because I was using it on my Apple phone. I might try it on a um, Android phone and see if I can get it to work that way. But anyway, I do have that. But I want to be able to walk around outside and as part of the the vlog to show what I'm doing and where I'm going and interview. And I want to do interviews and so forth. So I've got to find a cheap camera that will do a good job. 
pardon yep. me, uh, for the vlog. But it can't okay. be more than two hundred dollars. That's my limit. Right. Um, yeah, got some, got some ideas there. The trouble with having a camera is you need to have a camera, which is in. If you're going to have a camera, then you need to have a gimbal, which is going to stabilize it. Otherwise, you need to have a, you know, if you if you had one of these things, right? I better show it that uh, that way, so I don't show the front picture. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> my wife would be very Yeah, I tell you, um, you know, the camera on this thing—it's a Pixel 4 XL. Again, no adverts for Google, but the camera is phenomenal. The trouble is that won't fit within the budget of. The two thousand yeah. business, but if you depending on what phone you have, you might find that the phone you have is already good enough to do the videoing that you need to do initially. That's just uh, and anyone anyone who's looking to start anything with video, there's a lesson in that. You know, I I used to have also. I mean, I've, I've got a I've got a, um, uh, a GoPro Hero, whichever it was over there. I've got a couple of cheapy four K cameras that I bought on you know that that uh, Wish site. <laughs> uh, yeah, God forbid, right? Never again. Uh, yeah. It's not just the lingerie that doesn't look like it's supposed to. When, when <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, dear, there's an image and, in my head now of you wearing uh, dental floss for a G string. <laughs> yes, I didn't mean lingerie for me. <laughs> Unless we go to a Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Then, then. Then, then we can get dressed up. Um, either that or another BDSM buddy, but yeah, I got all that stuff <laughs> over there. Yeah, um, but I find this thing, um, does the job. This thing does the job so yeah. much better than most of it, even if even if I hold it with my hand, right? Even if I just hold it with my hand, the stabilization in it is phenomenal. Um, and and again, I have I have one of these gyro gimbal. <laughs> God knows what for. So there's again, there's a lesson there for everybody just to look at what you actually have and see if yeah, you can that, use it. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, actually, I've got an iPhone 7S. All right, okay, yeah. that should do it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the same thing, you know. We've talked about people being shelved. What do people have around them that they have shelved and don't consider good enough to get started? Yeah, yeah, and there's probably an app you can download, which sort of which you would then record through, which is a stabilizing app rather than the the, the standard system, onboard system. Maybe yeah. I have to look at that. Good point. And let me let me give you another tip, which I learned from a bloke in the UK called Max Alter. Now I have an old, I have an old Samsung Five here as well, right? S Five. Mm -hmm. um, let's say you have a, a video camera, which you want to put on a tripod, and you want to put it way over there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you want to record yourself in some space. The trouble is, you're gonna, you know, even if you have someone pushing the damn button, how do you project your voice to the video camera? Uh, or, you know, do you have a long a lapel mic with a really long cable or some sort of Bluetooth receiver or whatever? All pain the all pain the ass. So his Max's tip, and it's a phenomenal one. Get yourself something like this, right? More than good enough for recording, get yourself a standard lapel mic. Right, I've got a couple. I've got one lying around here. Someone doesn't matter. Get a lapel mic, chuck it in there, chuck this in your jacket pocket or in your pants pocket with the with the cable down through your shirt, okay, and get a decent voice recorder from the App Store or yep. Google Play, or whichever it is. Right, if it's an old iPhone, works as well. And then when whoever's getting the record button, or if you hit the record button and run over to your mark, you firstly go so you get your sound check. Yeah, and yep. then you start talking because the lapel mic is going to be recording your audio on the camera, on sorry on the phone, and the camera's recording your video at high definition or whatever. Mm -hmm. and then all you do is you take that uh, software that we talked about, OBS, yeah, OBS free software, download it, and you stitch the two together. And because you've got that sound check, like they do in the TV and the movies, you know. Rolling mic sound check, bang, right? With a clapperboard, because you've got that yep. sound check, you know exactly where your audio oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. with your video. Now, here's here's the problem though. You're in your 50s, I'm in my 60s, and we're talking about IT and how to produce a, a video. We shouldn't be doing this. We should just go and have a beer and sit on the beach and do some fishing. 
<laughs> I got no problem with that either. It's just uh, I like doing videos. And we could go and do it down the beach um, with a bunch of Baywatch babes and, and whatever else. The trouble is you can't smoke a cigar on the beach. Uh, well, some beaches you can. Yeah, fair um, enough. But we've got to do it standing in front of a nice yellow Ferrari or something, you know, like all these gurus do, meaning that you can have the same car as I've got, even though it's not my car. But it looks good standing behind me with all the palm trees behind me, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, standing on a beach, yeah. Yeah, we can um, just grease it and get a video put behind us if you want. <laughs> no, I mean, I love your idea. Of your, I love the idea of your vlog. I'm looking forward to seeing that come out. And also... Um, I've, I've started to move towards this concept and I, I'd encourage a lot of people who are going to start out, who follow what you do and then go and do something themselves. I'd encourage them to not necessarily think that they have to go and conquer the world with it, but think, think small initially, focus yeah. on the small stuff and just start by getting something in, something going and then grow on that as opposed to I have to conquer the world and I have to make you know $10,000 in the first month. No, you don't. You know, well, you it's, might about have. Being, it's about being engaged. It's about being stimulated. It's about growing as a person. And it's not about trying to fulfill some guru's concept of what success is and that you have to follow what he says. It's just about becoming satisfied, fulfilled. That's what I'm talking hmm. about. Having an income as well. But, it, you know, um, the four-hour work week, the guy, well, I can't remember his name, the guy that wrote that, was talking about it's not, yeah. the, the new yeah. rich, he calls it. Yes, yes, Ferris, that's right. He says he talks about this thing called the new rich, and they're not about collecting things. They're about collecting experiences. They're about mm. finding ways to live the, the millionaire lifestyle on a pauper's income. He does that by going all overseas and finding countries where his money goes further. But yes. the concept is real. The concept is real wherever you are, and it's a case of collecting experiences, collecting uh, personal growth, fulfillment, all these kind of things rather than money. The money will come. And the money is sufficient to keep your your health and your the roof over your head and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't take it with you, right? So you might as well enjoy what you've got now. And if you don't need a whole heap of money, just don't go looking for that. Just go looking for the, the growth and the, the, the fulfillment and the inspiration. It'll come. Yep. I love yeah. I love how the term I love how the term new or new rich, or you know when I when I first came came exposed was back in the eighties. With the, the Nouvelle Riche, right? Um, yeah. Is that is that the yeah. uh, is that, is that, is that is only about seven kilometers away from here, and the, the flight path to Kulangara Airport is directly over my head. No, I figure that. I was going to say at least they're probably they're probably less frequent these days. Uh, you know, but anyway, Today there's been two two major ones. There was one at Propeller. There's been two overhead, which I'm wondering why there's so many. Usually there's only one a day, and it's in the afternoon. Now there's two in the morning. They're taking high-res photos of you, my friend. That's what it is. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I was going to say is, you know, I love it when, you know, when I when I was um, just getting into business, the Nouvelle Riche were the um, – they they weren't like Tim Ferriss is referring to, people who wanted to have uh, phenomenal experiences, world, worldly experiences on a, on a beer budget sort of thing. They were the, the new people, the people who just come into money as opposed to the really old money, you know, and they were sort of they were looked down upon. And then now, of course, the, the Nouvelle Riche of the, the 80s and 90s sort of looked down on those who come around and say, oh, well, I want to have these experiences, I don't need, but I don't need to have the income or the, the, the cash reserves that you have, a bit like Tim Ferriss. So I'm wondering what's going to be, you know, that was, that was the 80s to the noughties, the now it's been the noughties to the 20s. I wonder what's going to come in the 20s to the 40s, what the, the new, new ritual will be. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, um, in the 40s, that's 20 years from now. Yeah, well, I'll be 85 then. I don't, I don't think I'd be worrying too much about it by then. Um, I don't worry about it now, you know, too much. Just being just, I'm a bit like a dog. I live in the moment. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say doggy. Um, but, you know, I just recently, or about six or eight months ago, I was looking at these dogs and just rolling around on the grass, enjoying the sun, enjoying each other. And I thought, that's it, you know, that's the secret to life. Just enjoy the very moment. Don't worry about what happened in the past. Don't be concerned too much about the future. It'll it'll come and go and doesn't matter what you do, it's still going to come and go. 
But if you don't live in the moment, it's gone before you've even experienced it. It's just disappeared. Mm. You've got to live in this razor blade of time. It's an atom yep. of time for now. What I just said is already in the past. Now Correct. is all we have. We don't have That's the future and the past is already gone. Absolutely. And, and, and let's all remember that we Homo sapiens as a species, and I say this over and over again, we are experiential beasts. So, you know, it's the experience of now and now and now, which is making, which is creating the quality or the lack of quality in your life. And, uh, and just, you know, we have to wrap up in a second, but just as a, as an example, if you're, if, you know, for people who are especially there sort of pushing on in, in years, they've been in long-term relationships, whether married or, other, or unmarried, doesn't matter. You know, there's that thing that sort of fizzles out. Uh, and what you have to ask yourself, why does it fizzle out? And if you look at it critically, quite a lot of the people I've spoken to, uh, you know, over beer or wine or, or rum or whatever, um, we've all come to the uh, same basic conclusion. When, it, when it's fizzling out, what's happening is you're having less experiences with each other, whether it's time pressure, money pressure, other pressures or whatever that causes you to remove yourself from the going out, remove yourself from doing stuff together and creating experiences, right? And by creating those experiences, you're recreating the relationship every time in a new way. You're creating memories. Whatever it is, whatever those pressures are, you're, you're, it, you know, the, the, the consequence is that the relationship starts to fizzle out because you're not creating the experiences that creates the memories that you look back on. And suddenly when you say, oh, well, you remember 20 years ago we used to go and do this? You're like, yeah, yeah, well, that was why well, I'd love to get that back. Well, that'd be great. So let's just start going and doing that, living in the moment, as you say, living in the now, because the reality of what's happened is why you're at that point most likely. And the same is for business, by the way. Why you're at that? Why you're at that point most likely is because you have removed yourself from the experiences that you create together. And if you and, and like I said, the same in business. But so live. Your great advice, mate. Live, live in the moment. Live in the now. I'm not saying yep. don't. I'm not saying don't visualize where you want to be and be grateful for because it's a whole different topic, right? And 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 grat gratitude is a a prepaid subscription and uh, a reverse technology. So. Um, and we can get into a lot of reversibility another time, but um, live in the moment based on gratitude for what has already been achieved. Absolutely. Experienced yet. Yep. Being present and and being grateful are the two keys that can unlock a very fulfilling life. Yeah. Yep. Totally All right, agree. mate. We've handled it. That's cool. I mean, this is probably one of the better, uh, more business-focused ones, so uh, we promise next time... We <laughs> Listen, there are enough people dealing with all those crappy conversations out there, so we'll, uh, we're will we going to focus on this sort of thing. If this is the sort of stuff that you like to hear more of, then leave a comment. Um, and if you like to hear other stuff, then, uh, again, leave a comment. Again, uh, Patrick is, uh, oh, geez, 65, mate. That's a grand old age. You've got a, lot, you've got a wealth of experience. I've got 12 years less than that, but uh, between the two of us, there's uh, a fair whack there. So um, yeah. always a pleasure to get on the mic with you, mate, and share what we've both been doing. Yeah, 107. Good God, that scares the crap out of me. I know. <laughs> and about and about 80 years in business together, right? Yes. Not together, but jointly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, all we need is some young uh, some young 40 year old to join us, and we could probably say we've got 100 years in business together. Young <laughs> 40 year old. I never thought I'd be able to say that. <laughs> all right, all mate. Right. Listen, have a good one, and. Um, we will uh, we'll be back here next uh, next week, same place, same time. Look forward to seeing you all there. Thanks so much. Bye now. Bye.